Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Robert, a 40-year-old man, comes in for his yearly physical. When you get to the review of systems, he states he's developed difficulty getting and maintaining an erection. He's quite distressed and not sure why it's happened. It was intermittent over the last eight to nine months, but now has become a regular occurrence. He has never had this problem before. He has no chronic problems. He drinks a beer at dinner most evenings, and he stopped smoking three years ago. But he has begun vaping, normally one pot a day, since quitting his cigarette habit. He exercises five times a week. He also tells you he was about to go and order Viagra online, but wanted your blessing before he did that. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and to talk about erectile dysfunction and vaping, Joining me today is Susan Feeney, family nurse practitioner and director of the NP programs at the UMass Chan Medical School, Tan Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Hello, Frank. Um, so I think everyone who saw this paper and stopped to read it was very excited. What does the current literature tell us about electronic cigarettes and its known harms? Well, um, it's it's I call it like trying to keep track of a fire hose of the amount of information coming out. But there, there are definitely some known harms. We do know that there is some form of secondhand uh, smoke inhalation that could be a problem or vapor uh, inhalation. We know that there are toxicants and carcinogens in the vapor, in the aerosol that is damaging. We believe it's less than what is in an inhaled cigarette, but it is there. It's measured in urine and in various other uh, measures. Um, we know that the <clears throat> there's high level of nicotine coming in these fourth generation devices, and they are associated with high levels of, of uh, addiction of nicotine, especially in teens. We know that there's lung injury. We've seen that the evidence of e-valley, you know, the e-cigarette vaping associated lung injury, kind of was sort of a, the quite. Um, scary from a public health standpoint before COVID, um, but it is it is complicating that. Speaking of COVID, there does appear to be an association of worsening symptoms for people who vape and have COVID, and that COVID diagnosis seems to be um, more prevalent in, in vapors. <clears throat> and there's also a concern of potential cardiovascular impact. And this is kind of hard to tease out because many vapors also dual use and, and smoke cigarettes. But there had been a study and it, it sort of indicated that there might be an increase in MI rates in uh, people who smoke and vape, um, and that um, there was also a recent study out of Sweden that looked at the immediate effects of, a, of inhaling a fourth-generation um, e-cigarette with the high impact of nicotine, and that they found was some microvascular injury, that they were seeing some thromboembolic type of propensity there and also some inflammation in the uh, endothelial lining of those vessels. And they thought it had to do with the catecholamine release uh, with that rapid um, uptake of nicotine. So it is not, they are not harmless. Um, but again, if you compare them to cigarettes, 
you know, that's where um, it appears to be possibly less less of a problem, but they are not harmless for sure. And the data is still coming out. All right. So you bring up a good point. Um, people always say compared to what? So uh, what you're saying, what I hear you saying is that um, electronic nicotine delivery systems called ENDS, there's some literature that says it may be less harmful than regular cigarette smoke. Um, what do we know about electronic nicotine delivery systems and erectile dysfunction? Well, um, there wasn't really a lot of lot of literature on this. And so a, a group decided to look at this because, because we know that tobacco, combustible cigarettes, uh, you know, cigarette use is independently associated with erectile dysfunction and with cardiovascular disease. Um, this group of researchers looked at the uh, the PATH study, which is the uh, the population, it's the tobacco and health study. Um, and they wanted to look at, was there an association between vaping and erectile dysfunction? So they, they looked at um, over almost 14,000 participants and they, they asked them um, for self-reported ED symptoms. And they were either you were always fine or almost always, sometimes you didn't, couldn't have an erection or you never could get an erection. So the last two were considered, one was moderate and severe. And then they categorized smokers and vapors as never users, former users, and current users. And what they found is this, the study was consistent with what they see, what they the statistics have been across time is that in the general population, one in six men report some form of ED, right? But um, it's highly associated with age and disease, especially cardiovascular and diabetes. But what this found was in current end users, there was a higher odds ratio of ED among U.S. adult men adjusting for age, adjusting for regular disease risk factors and cardiovascular history. And after evaluating the association in men um, without a history of CVD. So they found that current vapors and, and current vapors who were former smokers did seem to have a higher risk of ED. So the conclusion was, now this was a cross-sectional study, but they said there was an association, um, a significant association with higher rates of ED independent of age risk factors in CVD, which is pretty amazing because they were finding ED in younger people. And, um, now, obviously, there's limitations because it's cross-sectional. They didn't ask about what other medications they were on that could be associated. We know that a lot of the ends, people who use ends also use a lot of marijuana. So they, they, those things weren't looked at. But pretty compelling evidence that this, um, regardless of age, it was really seemed to be associ highly associated with just in current ends use. So I think pretty important information. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's terribly important, and um, I think this opens the door to give us one more way to help counsel our patients about about what Absolutely. they can do uh, right. uh, concerning erectile dysfunction. So, Robert's sitting here. We know that there's data that supports his uh, electronic nicotine delivery system increasing the odds that he'll develop erectile dysfunction. What are we gonna? Ha how are we gonna talk with him? So. You know, and, and it's tough because what we don't want him to do is go back to cigarettes, right? So I would say, you know, there's we there's some evidence coming out that is pretty compelling that vaping 
is as, as much of a risk factor as smoking is in erectile dysfunction. So what I would recommend, you know, not that you wouldn't consider starting him on Viagra and doing some sort of workup, but you could say, I think you should start trying to wean yourself off. He's on a pot a day, which is about a pack of cigarettes worth of nicotine. Um, need to start weaning yourself off. You know, use some NRT, some nicotine replacement therapy, if that will help. Um, and use this as a motivation to get him off of ends. And just say that, you know, it, it's certainly not going to hurt you to come off. And it could very well help you with this, with this problem and, and improve the quality of your life. And um, the idea with ends, and what I would say to him is, you know, the the ends are can be helpful with smoking cessation. However, it really should be done as a short term to get yourself off of the the nicotine addiction, and then wean yourself down and help him come up with a strategy of of decreasing his nicotine need. All right, so I, I'm I'm ra- rather clueless about about uh, vaping nicotine. A pod a day is the equivalent of a pack a day. Pretty much. It's pretty murky because all these different uh, manufacturers have a slightly different concentration. But if they, you'd have to really ask him, what are you using? Is he, because you can have ones that come pre made, commercially made, and they are, for the most part, the same amount of nicotine that it's in a pack of cigarettes. But if he could, if he's creating his own, he could make his own cartridge. Some of those, some of people do that then they, he can control the amount of nicotine in there. So first the thing you have to do is ask him, what are you using? How, what, what device are you using? If he tells you, he, I'm using a commercially you know, prepared, I would probably say to him, um, if you can't get a decrease in the concentration of what you're using, be mindful of how much you're using and, and cut down by like a third of a pod every week or so. If he's, if he's savvy in this world, then I would say, go back to your vape shop, get a device that you can control the nicotine concentration and, and intentionally decrease the amount of nicotine you're using so that you're eventually off. Yeah. Would, would, would one pot a day be the equivalent of a 21 milligram patch if we wanted to try to not encourage the Yeah, that's probably, you know, and and here's the problem with vaping is that the fourth generation e-cigarettes deliver such a high concentration of nicotine that they say it's equivalent to a pack of cigarettes, but you're getting a much higher concentration of nicotine with an inhalation on a e-cigarette than you would get with a, with a puff of cigarette. So, you know, somebody might smoke a pack a day, but they may effectively get three quarters of the amount of nicotine in that pack. Whereas if you use a whole pod, you're going to use every bit of that nicotine. So he could try a patch and I would just say, you know, we're going to, this is trial and error because how much nicotine you're getting can vary. And what we could try a patch, you could try gum and just see how you feel. You know, um, people who wean themselves off these devices actually can do pretty well, but he may want to go, oh God, you know, I don't want to be on this anymore if that's the issue. Then I'd say, and, and really the, the interesting thing is they didn't really hypothesize why they thought this was, a, why the association was they kind of hinted at the fact of the high levels of nicotine. So, you know, if we could tell him, look, you, if you start weaning yourself down either through decreasing the nicotine in the pod or you start, um, you go to a, a patch and see how you do, eventually we want you to come off nicotine all altogether. Susan, 
This paper had tons of great information, as is your presentation. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Practice pointer. Be sure to screen all patients for tobacco and electronic nicotine delivery system use and recognize that there's a relationship between vaping, especially vaping of nicotine, and erectile dysfunction. Join us next time when we talk about the newly injectable form of pre-exposure prophylaxis for the prevention of HIV. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.